Welcome to the In The Game Room Podcast, audio episode number 43. It's the 26th of March, very, very early in the morning, and uh, I'm looking forward to leaving for Chicago in, well, a little more than 24 hours away from now. Um, I'll be going to Chicago for the Adepticon convention this year. Uh, I went there last year. It was great fun. This year I'm going again and I'm participating in a tournament, so that'll be fun. I've talked about this on the other podcasts, um, doing the Bolt Action Doubles tournament with with my buddy Paul from the War Room podcast. Um, He's going to be my doubles partner, and our first round is going to be against Pat and Jeff from the Snafu podcast. So that's going to be pretty cool because there's going to be four guys uh, playing in a game representing three different podcasts. So I'm sure there's going to be some banter going on between uh, between all parties. And we're probably going to record a lot of it and take a lot of pictures and things like that. And it's just going to be fun to play a game with those guys uh, Pat and Jeff, I've, I've never met them I deal a lot with Pat through the email and stuff like that, getting prize support to them for their tournament and he's always buying stuff from me and we're going back and forth and making cool stuff for him, but I've never met him in person, so that'll be cool um, also whoops, somebody's texting me um, also my friend Rob is uh, coming out he lives in the area, he's coming out to hang out for a day or two um, I saw him at the last one, and I think at Little Wars in Chicago also. I've, I've met him there also. And we sit down and do a podcast sometimes when we meet in Chicago. So hopefully we'll do that again also. Just looking forward to seeing my old friend. So what is new other than that? Um, well, let me get one quick uh, shout-out for my company for GCMini.com. We are now importing Deep Cut Studios game mats. I don't know if we're the only people in America doing that, but we're definitely one of them now. Uh, We have a pretty large selection of the Deep Cut Studio mats, and we're getting more each time we order. We're, you know, increasing our line. Eventually, I'm sure, we'll just carry the entire line. So uh, that's kind of exciting because they're really cool mats. So now we carry the Deep Cut Studio mats and also the... uh, Cigar Box Battle Mats, both brands, and then Gamecraft Miniatures ourselves, we make a couple of mats also. So we're getting quite a good selection of uh, gaming mats. So getting back to Adepticon for just another second, something I forgot to mention. Um, I'm going to be there all weekend, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. Well, I'm arriving Wednesday, and I'm leaving Sunday. So anyways, I'll be there for several days. So I'm going to be getting a lot of audio content, probably a lot of video content, probably taking a lot of pictures. So do make sure you go to the inthegameroom.com website to see what's there. Um, if you subscribe to the audio podcast on I, on iTunes, you'll just get it automatically. But if I'm uploading video content and photos to the blog and things like that, you're gonna you're gonna need to see those at the inthegameroom.com website. So don't forget to check that out over the weekend. So earlier this evening, I was chatting online with a friend of mine, uh, Michael Wensky. He's a GameCraft Miniatures customer and a, and a good friend. And I told him I was going to do a podcast tonight. And I said, you got any questions or topic ideas or anything like that for tonight? And he came back with a pretty cool one. So here it is. It says, what tip do you wish you could have given yourself when you first started painting? 
And how long into your painting journey were you before you found that out? That's a pretty good question. I had to think about it for a while. And I do, I do painting figures and I do painting vehicles, both, um, probably equally both. So I kind of had to think about like, what, what, would I answer that, you know, regarding vehicles and then regarding, uh, figures, the answers are probably going to be different. So, well, generally, first of all, good quality paintbrushes and good quality airbrushes. That is a lesson that took me a long time to learn. I've been a professional commercial model maker for my whole life. I spent about tw more than 20 years in the shop building mo models for aerospace companies and things like that. And because I was always buying brushes, paint brushes, tools and things like for, you know, the entire shop mostly, um, I didn't always go to the highest end. I, I got stuff that was good, but I didn't I didn't go for the I didn't go for the really good quality stuff because we were we go through that stuff fast. In a in a commercial model shop with, you know, five or ten employees, you're going through airbrushes and, and paint brushes really quickly. Um, because especially like with airbrushes, with airbrushes, when they go bad uh, in that environment, it it's not cost effective to sit there and work on them and try to fix them and repair them. It's it's more cost effective to buy a new one. So we didn't always buy the greatest stuff. So it's been um, it's been just a couple of years really that I finally just said, you know what, I'm buying for myself now. I'm buying for my hobby. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the good stuff. So I started buying really good quality paintbrushes, and I started buying better quality uh, airbrushes, and that's made a huge difference in the quality of work I can do. And I'm finding that actually it is a little more cost effective because they last a hell of a lot longer. You know, you might pay twice as much or even three times as much, but if it lasts five or ten times as long, then you're actually saving money and aggravation. So good quality paintbrushes and good quality airbrushes. That's that's the one lesson I wish I would have taught myself a long time ago. Um, specifically for uh, figure painting, um, the washes from Army Painter. I wish I would have known about these years and years and years ago. Uh, in my business and in my career as a model maker, I've made a lot of washes. I use uh, you know, the just the liquid ink, the India ink that you use for ink pens. Use different paints, just thinning out paints, oil paints, things like that. Done a lot of those, and they work okay. Um, but there's something about these uh, quick shade washes from Army Painter. Now, I'm not talking about the ones that come in a can and you dip your figures in. I'm not a fan of those. I'll tell you why in a second, but I'm talking about the ones that come in the small 25 millimeter diameter bottles that look like the uh, look like the Vallejo paint bottles, look like Army Painter paint bottles. Um, those washes are amazing. They really they've changed everything about my figure painting. Um, the ones that come in the can, the Army Painter washes that uh, come in a can. I don't know. They don't really. Yeah, it's just called Quicks quick shade. I've got a can of it right here in my hands. Um, it's the can that you, you know, you dip the figure in. It's a wash and a uh, varnish all in one, which sounds like a great thing. Um, but the varnish itself is not flat. It's, it's not flat enough to my liking. It's, it's got a bit of a gloss to it. 
So you're putting on your wash, you're putting on your varnish all in one step. That's great. But then I find for me anyways, I've got to go back and get a, a clear flat, like a um, ultra flat matte varnish from AK or one of those other uh, flat varnishes, whatever you prefer to use, and then do that as an additional step. So you're not really saving a step there and you're actually building up a, a thicker varnish on your figure and I'm just not happy with that look. So I like to use the quick shade wash and then I use the AK Interactive's ultra, ultra matte varnish because it's the flattest matte varnish that I've ever found. So I wish I could have taught myself about just going out and buying quick shade washes from Army Painter instead of trying to make my own because these just work a hell of a lot better. Um, as far as painting vehicles, the one tip I wish I could have given myself a long, long, long time ago is weathering powders. If you're not familiar with weathering powders, just do a search on the internet for weathering powders and you'll find a lot of different brands and probably find some tutorial videos. I'm going to make one someday myself, I think. But they're just a total game changer for, for miniatures. Um, I've used them on everything from my 6mm micro armor up to my 28mm bolt action vehicles. There's just no better way to do natural looking weathering. For years and years and years, I, I used, uh, used an airbrush, um, especially like in model railroading. You would load it up with a dirt color or a dust color or something, and you would spray from down low and spray up, you know, to make it look like the sides of these vehicles, locomotives, boxcars, whatever. They had this dirt on them that, you know, just kicks up from the road. Um, and that looks okay, but once you try that with weathering powders, uh, you'll see such a huge difference. It looks so natural. Um, so I wish I could have told myself about those a long, long time ago. I did learn about them a while ago. It was about 10 years ago, and I was at a model railroading event, and they had a, a, a seminar or whatever you want to call it, you know, one of these little sessions where you go in and somebody teaches you about something. And, um, and it was about weathering powders, and I was like, well, what's that? You know, and I went in and learned, and uh, ever since then, it's it's change the way I do my miniature vehicles, whether it's, you know, uh, wargaming stuff or, or model railroading stuff or just about anything that requires weathering, I use weathering powders. Um, now you have to do, um, you have to seal them after you use them. You put the weathering powder on and then it's, it's like real scale dirt in a way. You can, you could wipe it off if you, you know, handle the model too much. So you do have to seal it. And sealing it is, is a little tricky because you have to do it in very, very light coats with a clear varnish. Um, because if you do too much, if you, if you get it wet, the stuff's just going to run. It's going to mix with the, with the varnish and it's just, it's just going to look like mud, which could be kind of a cool effect maybe if that's what you're going for. But if you do get into using weathering powders, remember when you when you spray them afterwards with a clear varnish, very, very light coats, fogging on the first one from a good distance so you're not blowing the, the weathering powders off, and then just kind of sneaking up on it after that, you know, several different coats um, to get that done. But I said I think I'm going to do a I think I'm going to do a, a tutorial video on that someday to show how I do it. A lot of people do weathering powders differently. Um, some people actually put the powder on and then they'll take like a wet brush and they'll brush it in to like set the powder on. Uh, that's an interesting technique which I have to admit I haven't tried. 
Oh, no, I take that back. I have tried it a little bit when I'm doing rust, and it works great for that, but I haven't tried it when I'm doing dirt and things like that, and engine soot and things like that. But, yeah, I'm going to do a video on that pretty soon. But So, for vehicles, I wish I could have told myself 30 years ago about weathering powders. For figures, it's the Quick Shade Washes from Army... Uh, Army Painter. There are other brands and everybody has their own favorite and Army Painter is my favorite. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not a big fan of their paints, but I am a big fan of their washes. So that's that. And again, overall, good quality brushes, good quality paint brushes. Just skip all the crap and go to the good stuff. Um, especially, I think, with uh, airbrushes. If you think you're going to get into airbrushing and you think you're going to do it for a long time, skip the crap and just get a really good one. I mean, don't spend hundreds and hundreds. You can get a good airbrush for about a hundred bucks or even a little less, but get a good one and it's going to be easier to learn. It's going to be easier to take care of. It's going to last forever probably um, and you'll be glad you did. So let's wind up this episode and uh, just let you guys know that if you have any ideas uh, for topics or if you have questions or things you want to know about that you think I might know something about um, always feel free to email those to me at allen a-l-l-e-n at gcmini.com Michael gave me a couple of great suggestions tonight uh, we used one of them I'm saving a couple of the other ones he sent me for future shows but if you have anything you want talked about please feel free to uh, get that information to me and I'll be seeing you guys here on YouTube and on the blog at inthegameroom.com all this weekend. I'll try to post as often and as much as I can. I'm going there to have a good time. I'm going there to meet people, see old friends and stuff like that. But I'm going to try to definitely take some time to create some podcasts while I'm there. And maybe I'll do some of it with some of my friends there. Um, I'm sure I can get Paul from uh, the War Room to do a podcast with me and uh, probably get Rob to do one. Maybe I'll talk to the Snafu guys and record that. We'll see what happens. But whatever. Check us out over the weekend. Be sure to always come back to inthegameroom.com and see what's happening. Talk to you guys later and keep on gaming. <laughs>